Support for Food Friday Leftovers comes from Berkshire Co-op Market, Great Barrington, Massachusetts, a community-owned natural grocery store dedicated to sustainable agriculture, the local economy, and the environment. Working within the community to better Berkshire County, one basket at a time. Berkshire.coop. Welcome to Food Friday Leftovers, a podcast about all the goodies left over from Food Friday. I'm Dave Hopper. And I'm Ashley Kinsey. Tune in each week as we cover culinary topics such as food trucks, local food, pizza, veggies, beer, and wine. You hungry yet? Huh, I'm always hungry. Well, on that note, Ashley, tell us what's in the fridge this week. This week, we've got oatmeal stout in the fridge. We are speaking with Kevin Mullen of Ranform Brewing Company in Troy and George DePiro of Druthers Brewing in Saratoga Springs and Albany, New York. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. My first question is for people who are, I'm sort of a newbie with beer. If you could give me some recommendations of what to look for as a newbie and trying to learn more, because I know sometimes I've made the mistake of trying things like Guinness, and I'm like, holy crap, I don't like this at all. <laughs> you know, so what can we choose for St. Patrick's Day or for St. Patrick's Day weekend? Um, I would say um, choose what you prefer to drink. <laughs> if, if you don't like to drink like Guinness or that kind of dry stout, um, then then don't. <laughs> well, but here's the problem. We don't know what's dry, what's yeah. not dry, what's, you know, stout. I mean, I just learned all these terms working here, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, uh, I know George has got the oatmeal stout. Maybe that's a good place, and we can start there and then start to talk about that. And it, it takes time to cultivate beer knowledge and beer taste, like, like anything else. People don't think about it with food so much because you've been eating since you were born. Mm-hmm. But... And you've been developing your tastes for food since you were born. But with alcoholic beverages, you were quite a bit older when you're introduced to them. And with beer and wine, you're not going to know anything going into it. And you might come across things you really hate, you really love. Even if you love it, you don't know why you loved it. And then you try to duplicate it and you can't. And it really, it takes a lot of homework, actually. You need to like read about different beers, try a lot of different beers, take notes about different beers so that you remember, you know, especially if you're out drinking, you might not remember so clearly <laughs> what it was you really liked the night before. So you know, take take notes. These days, nobody will look at you twice at most beer bars no. doing that. I haven't been taking notes, but I've been keeping track of what I like. And I know that I like milk stout. And I know that I, but I've always liked things like Corona with lime, like Corona light. Nah, we lime. don't call that beer. <laughs> that's, that's... It's, it's water with a little beer in it. Yeah. But, um, you know, as I'm learning, I learned that I liked different kind of stout beers. Well, you talked about milk stout and liking milk stout. There's, what, six different stouts I can think of for competition purposes. And milk stout is one of them. They tend to be very sweet and mildly roasty. Um, this is an oatmeal stout, which is more overtly roasty, but it does have the sweetness, not quite as sweet as a milk stout. Milk stouts have lactose added to them, milk sugar. Mm -hmm. That's why they're called milk stouts. Gotcha. Lactose is not fermentable by brewer's yeast. So oh. when you add lactose to the beer, it will give some residual sweetness that won't get fermented away. It's not nearly as sweet as sucrose or some other sugars, but it will give some sweetness. So now oatmeal stout doesn't have any lactose added to it. It's just getting its sweetness from the malt, and it's, like I said, it's overtly roasty, coffee-like, with a hint of cocoa. It reminds me of coffee. 
Yeah, it's nice. I see. I'm not an oatmeal fan, so the name like would like one. turn me off. So it's nice to sit here and try it because I'm enjoying this one. Yeah, well, oatmeal doesn't mean it tastes like oatmeal. It mm-hmm. just means there's oats in it, right. and you know, specifically the same stuff you can make into breakfast cereal. It's just you know steel cut oats that yeah. we add to the mash. They're used as an adjunct to add a little extra body. Oats are pretty high in protein, and so it'll help aid head retention in the beer and give it a little thicker body. For a beer that's only 5.5% alcohol, it ends up with a fuller body than you would otherwise get. So can you count that protein in your macros? Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah beer, beer is not empty calories, as your health teacher taught you. Budweiser might be empty calories, yeah. but most craft beers are far from empty calories. You know, this, this oatmeal stout wasn't filtered at all, so all the yeast is still in it. It's got lots of B vitamins. The FDA doesn't allow breweries to put nutritional information on the label because we don't want to think of beer as food in this country. It is very much food. It's got plenty of calories, that's for sure. You hear yes. that? Beer is food. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good podcast name. Beer is, beer food. is food. Beer is food. There we go. I like it. So I have a question for both of you in regard to adding things to beer. Because I know someone who puts salt in their beer. And I thought it was so weird the first time I saw them do it. But have you ever heard of somebody adding salt to their yeah. beer? Um, yes. We... we Talked about that, I think, last time I was on with you guys. Um, and I was talking about a certain style. And um, uh, George actually brought a style that is specifically added salt to it. So I guess we'll try that um, one next You time. should try that. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, does the salt do anything to the beer? Because I noticed that it makes the foam sort of settle faster. Well, the salt is put into the water in this type of style, uh, which gives it a little more of that salt mineral sodium content raise up. But also it, it uh, gives it that... that kind of salty characteristic that is that's in this type of style when you're just putting salt on top of your beer um, that's gonna have a different effect than this but you'll you'll still taste the salt in it. salt put into beer is done for much the same reason that i brewed this beer with salt a little dose of salt not enough to make it taste salty but just like when you're cooking properly you shouldn't taste salt unless it's french fries you just taste the flavor you should it's supposed to enhance other flavors and that's what the salt in this beer is doing and that's what you could do by adding salt to any beer even at the bar most people that are doing that are looking to enhance the malt sweetness and make the beer seem a little fuller and sweeter it will actually aid head retention um when i'm doing photography for the for the brew pub because that's a hobby of mine, when I'm taking pictures of beer, I put salt in the glass because the salt provides nucleation sites that make the bubbles go crazy and it makes the head stay. That's the trick to getting a picture of beer with a head on it is (laughs) because, well, you know, you set up your shot as much as you can. And then, yeah, it goes away. And then (laughs) you pour the beer and then you take a shot and then you realize the light was a little off. This is a little (laughs) off. And now you're ready again, but the head is gone. So you pour some salt into it and Voila, yep. instant so head. Why or, does that, or a little okay, so spoon and stir. <laughs> yeah. Is it because when you order a drink at a bar, say, and there's you know a little bit of foam because they've poured off some of the foam, right? Well, it depends it on the bar. I mean, you should get served beer with a head on it. In some places, some people Absolutely. think that they're getting ripped off if there's a head on it. In, in Germany and um, the Czech Republic and in southern England, the glasses that beer is served in have a line on them with the with the volume measurement. So in Germany, it'll be a half liter, and in England, it'll be a pint. Mm-hmm. And that line is pretty far down from the rim of the glass. So the customer knows, like, three fingers of foam and liquid from the line down means I got my fair pour. 
Here in the United States, what most people call a 16-ounce glass that's available to bar service is really only going to be 16 ounces if you pour it right to the very rim. Right. So if there's a decent head on the beer, you're really only getting like 13 and a half or 14 ounces of beer. Some people don't like that. Some bartenders think they'll get tipped more if they pour the head off and... Mm. And uh, I see people more do beer. that all the time. They overpour, right? So right. then all the foam drips down the side of the glass, and then they dump it out. And do you know they... how much money that costs the bar they're working for? <laughs> yeah, Seriously, absolutely. that that foam is thirty percent beer. Like it'll collapse down. Every hundred milliliters of foam is is over an ounce of beer. Wow. And it costs. It, it drives me nuts when I see bartenders do that at my places because they're costing us a fortune. Wow. It's not good huh. bartending. No, that, that's it's it's really poor bartending to. I've seen people like do that. that. I'm like, why habits. are they pouring it out? You know, because they're impatient. They're not p- opening the tap the full way. They're not yeah. tilting the glass properly. Maybe the brewery supplied them with a keg that was a little overcarbonated. They're pushing with the wrong gas, so they're overcarbonating their kegs or pushing them at too high a pressure. There's so many variables. Their cold mm-hmm. room is too warm. Their lines yeah. are dirty. Their faucets are dirty. Yep, their it, lines are warm. Right, yeah, because yeah. lines should be refrigerated also. Yeah. There's so many variables, but a bartender, a really good bartender at a really good bar should not be pouring the foam down the drain. They should just go up to the tap. I could do this at Druthers. <laughs> I can walk up to any of my taps, mm-hmm. pour you a beer, hand it to you, it's perfect. Every time. Yep. <laughs> That's. So the next time I go for pizza, I'll make sure you're there. There, there you go. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to say something that I shouldn't have said. Say Save that's it for fine. the funny story at the end. That, that's, well, no, no, it would be, yeah, can't say it. Nope. <laughs> nope. I'll think of a different funny story. Okay, so I'm going to try that. Um, oh, the sour yeah, beer yeah. with the salt added? Yeah, this is the salt added beer. Right. Gotcha. So this salt was added, you said, so, in the water before the beer. Hmm. It was not at the end when, after it's been. Yeah, it was brewed with salt, and so it's added to the But I thought to salt killed yeast. No, it, it would if you put a real lot in, but it, it, this this is not seawater. <laughs> no one's put seawater in beer yet, right? Oh yeah, people have done it. You know, to One everybody of you could be the first. To, to everybody Someone's that thinks it. that they've done it, that they're doing something first in brewing. We've been yeah. brewing for like ten thousand years. Some moron has done it before you. <laughs> Doesn't mean if, it was if, good. If, just if, right. You, right? No. It, usually it was bad. Yeah. That's why you haven't heard of it being done recently. But I, I've. I used to have a book of old recipes. I loaned it to somebody and I never got it back. Um, <laughs> Don't. And it was, uh, I've got old recipes that show putting dead chickens into beer. Oh my God. That, that show using like all God. sorts of weird herbs that you would never want to eat. Putting mushrooms, putting I, anything that wasn't moving fast enough to, to not get caught, oh people have God. put it in their beer. There was, a, there was an old New York brewery that uh, at one point was putting uh, cocaine in, in beer. <laughs> That's expensive. Yeah, for them, because it was a medicinal, they, there was yeah. a medicinal purpose of what they were using it, and you actually get prescriptions for the beer. But uh, yeah, oh it had God. cocaine in it. You're joking. <laughs> no, I'm serious. It wasn't well, Coca Cola used to have yeah. cocaine yeah. in it. Right. Yeah. That's it. Coca Cola well, was true. made from Co- coca yeah. leaves. So, oh my God. yeah, it wasn't just the caffeine that made you happy. That's right. <laughs> Disclaimer, we don't have any of that happening right now on our podcast. No, it's all legal. So boring. <laughs> but radio. I will say this is very it. good. Thank you. Yeah, it's sour, but in a balanced way. It's got lactobacillus bacteria in it. That makes it sour. And the uh, salt, I actually, I have a degree in biochemistry. I did the math. I know how much sodium is in Albany's water on average, normally, <laughs> naturally, 
end, I add enough salt to the brew to bring the sodium just up to flavor threshold. Because, you know, brewing's not like cooking. You can't put a little in and taste it and then think, oh, okay, and put a little bit more in and taste it. No, it's like when you do it, you're done. And yeah. it's not finished can't for a back. couple of weeks. <laughs> so you can't wait. Can't strain it out. Yeah, and yeah, getting salt out again is hard. So you do the math. You figure out how much salt to add to just get under flavor threshold, even out all the flavors, enhance them, and that's what we do with that. I want to ask Kevin a question about you have a beer, a new beer coming out every week, pretty much? Uh, roughly, yeah. So, uh, we're a small system, so we can have, have the ability to do that. It, if not every week, it's every other week. So you're constantly, I guess, doing research and development. Yep. And that's one of the fun parts. <laughs> <laughs> so where do these ideas usually come from? Just trying new things? Yeah, trying new things. I have uh, a lot of... Um, I also drink a lot of beer. So... Uh, <laughs> Um, that, that's not my own, my own, like a whole bunch of other beers too, but it's also just a, it's the fun part about like, I want to try this and try that. And something comes across that I see that's new for us or new for me. Um, I'm using a lot of raw ingredients nowadays to play around with some of that stuff that's coming through from Rensselaer County. Not dead chickens though, right? No, not, <laughs> no dead chickens yet. <laughs> I'll probably stay away from anything like that. <laughs> well, Good what's know. the craziest thing that you've experimented with in a brew? Uh, that's tough. Um, I do a tomato pale ale, oh. um, and then spice it kind of like as it as it would a Bloody Mary. Um, the I have to really think that I'll get back in my head. I think now depends um, on how you define crazy. Yeah, exactly. They don't seem crazy ideas to me. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. <laughs> um, to us, it probably wouldn't even be all that crazy to you guys, but okay. to us it'd be. Yeah, what? I mean. It would be crazy to Tomato me. Tomato sounds. Tomato seems crazy. Or like any sort of vegetable or tomato is a fruit. So even fruits like pineapple. Fruits are, I mean, there's a lot of fruit beers out there, there are right now. And a lot beers, of fruit but... IPAs and that kind of stuff. You know, we did a, a barrel-aged sour on overripe cantaloupe uh, that we did this <laughs> summer. Aged it with that into a, in a, in a Sounds punchin. like a good summer. But yeah, it was great. It was fantastic. George, what have you concocted? Crazy thing. Crazy ingredients. I don't know. You know, crazy is when you're trying to sell beer, you really can't be that crazy. My goal has always been to sell beer. So um, I've used sesame seeds. I've used, you know, the, the lactobacillus making sour beers might not be crazy because it's really old fashioned, actually, but it's somewhat crazy like if you went to anheuser-busch to a marketing meeting and said we're going to make a sour beer <laughs> they would think you were certifiable um but brewers like kevin and i'll do kind of stuff that kind of stuff because you know our customers are not anheuser-busch customers yeah. that said you know, our sour beers sell well but they're not nearly the biggest sellers when did the sour beer begin to sort of creep up and become a thing well it was it was the way all beers were hundreds of years ago so it's just sort of because they went ipa 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 everywhere and then all of a sudden sours yeah Yeah. our our beer culture has become very monotonous frankly it's uh you know 20 years ago i think we were in a better space and now it's just nothing but ipa i mean you can go to some brew pubs even and find like nine ipas on the menu it's like how does somebody come here for a meal if you don't have anything (laughs) other than one kind of beer you can thank the hipsters for that there's some breweries that all they do is is just 
IPAs. That's just all they have and all they produce. And I mean, the style IPA style itself sells more than every other style combined, you know, in the in the market in the national market. So, but that part it be is, better is to massive. offer variety though? Well, if you're a production brewery, you can get away with making four different IPAs. Mm-hmm. Because you're not trying to get your customers to come to your place necessarily. But yeah. if you're a brew pub like we are, yeah, I've got to have more variety than that. Because yeah. if I have nine out of 11 beers or some sort of IPA, yeah, maybe a, an extreme beer geek could tell the subtle differences between the variety of hops <laughs> yeah. I'm using in each one. But overall, a lot of people are going to come in and say, this beer is too bitter for me. I don't want to drink this. And then we will go out of business. So we have to have... 11 very different tasting beers on the menu at all times. I don't expect every person to like all of my beers, but I expect every person that comes in to find a beer that they like. And given the success we've had, I think I'm achieving that. And you know that, that kind of menu balance is really important at a brew pub. A production facility can get away with being more monotonous than that if that's what their choice is. Yeah, and, and I think... You're, you're saying about... Um, you know, IPA is the biggest selling beer, but it's also like, it's a feedback loop, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, so we go to bars to sell beer and I'm sure you see the same thing, Kevin, where our sales guy goes in, he's like, oh, they only want IPA. Well, why? Well, because anything else won't sell fast enough. Right. But if he has 10 IPAs on, none of them are going to sell very fast either because he's got 10 different IPAs. Which one's going to sell? And then it just comes down to marketing, you know? Yeah, so yeah. once again, where, you know, 30 years ago, you'd walk into a bar and it was just Budweiser, Miller, and maybe Coors if it was post-1987 on the East Coast. You had three beers that tasted pretty much exactly the same. The only distinguishing characteristic was their branding. And that's kind of what's happening now. And yes, I know the purists out there, the, the you know, the people who really have good palates will say, no, but, you know, Amarillo hops and Citra hops taste different. Yeah, they taste subtly different, but the average person isn't getting that difference. I sure as hell don't know. And, and those, and those, those, and those people are probably about 30% wrong anyway. Right, yeah. <laughs> anybody I've ever seen, including myself, who tries to ID hops in a beer, yeah. I've never seen anybody right. I just right. laugh about it. Yeah. As a beer it's judge, like, I never try to ID yeah. hops. I never thought growing up that the wine snob would turn into beer snobs as I got older. Yeah, and what I think too is about that is like the IPA too is I judge a brewery by what they can do as a range of beers. You know, um, I think it's really easy to honestly to do like a, a IPA. Um, it is one of the easiest styles to brew. You so, just put a hell of a lot of also in. helps its popularity because yeah. yeah, then more people absolutely. can do it and just. But if uh, you know if a brewery can do, you know, twelve, fifteen, ten really good styles that are spread out. Um, I think that says a lot more about the brewery than it does and the brewer than it does about someone who just has one good IPA. Yeah, I, there's a bar in Albany that I go to with some other guys in my neighborhood. That's just, I mean, if they have like 20-something beers, and I would say I'm 20 of 22 or so are huge hop beers. Right. Like, I don't know if they're all exactly IPAs, but they're... Big hop beers, yes. and yeah, it, it gets so boring. It's hard for me to go out anymore, which is really sad, because I, I really used to like going out and drinking yeah. beer. Well, if you like a, like and... a lager or a pilsner, like... The only thing you get now is like a PBR somewhere <laughs> that keeps it on the menu for college Pil- kids or something. I'm like, there's so Pilsners much more are there. A, are getting a lot more. Um, I mean, we we we're doing a lot more lagers now. We've done a Schwartz beer and we do a, a hoppy lager. And we routinely do Pilsner at Druthers. It's Pilsner is a. It's a making a comeback. You know, it, it's That's it's good. it's a little on the hoppy side also, but it's it's a lower, you know, more balanced beer than IPA. 
and it's got less places for mistakes to hide. So when I'm traveling yeah. and I go to a brewery, I'll usually order a, a light colored lager like a Pilsner or a Munich Helles if they've got one and judge them largely on that. Because if you can make a good Pilsner, you can pretty much do anything. Um, European dark lagers like Druthers Dark Lager clever name eh um <laughs> that that's marketing again, yeah it's that marketing gene I've got. how much did you pay someone for <laughs> that's uh it, it's you know that's that's a beer that i got a silver award at the world beer cup with that for that recipe and it's you know it's a really good malty lager it's and yet it's not a big seller despite how good it is and it's won an award because well it's not high hop and people just don't get how much more skill it takes to make that malty lager than the IPA. Well, I will try your not high hop beers because <laughs> let me tell you, I am not a hop person. But um, also, I wanted to ask a question too. So for rare form, I just want to describe the setting right here for people who are listening right now. We have brews from Druthers. We have some brews from rare form brewing. Please check them out. Reform is in Troy and New York. Druthers is in Saratoga, New York, also Albany, New York. So please check them out. But they have brought a variety of different beers here. I just have a question overall about when it comes to beers in general, when you're producing beers, does it really make a difference if the beer contents are organic or not? Do you think that there's a huge difference or do you think that most people really can't tell and they don't really give a damn? <laughs> That's actually a very... That's very much a, it's a more complex question yeah. than you might be thinking it is. As far as the flavor of the beer, I really don't think there's going to be that much difference between organic malt or organic hops. Well, when it comes down to things like, okay, if I make a salad and I use organic spinach versus regular spinach, I'll be able to taste the difference. Right. The organic right. one will taste better. But in beer, when you have the process of brewing and that takes time and really, you know, does it really matter? I, I don't I don't know that it would matter very much in brewing, but it you know, you could argue about sustainability issues mm -hmm. and you know, organic farming being by some definitions more sustainable than modern farming techniques, it would make a difference then. Um, you know, some would argue that organic farming is not sustainable because we couldn't feed seven and a half billion people using organic farming techniques. And that is probably true. But that gets into a whole nother conversation about, you know, there's too many of us, as that old fear <laughs> song goes. So, uh, you know, with, with seven and a half billion people on the planet, do we want to waste that many acres growing grain to make beer organically? When and not have rainforests, not have wildland, not have you know fields for food cultivation. Um, beer is when people talk about brewing sustainably, I kind of just chuckle to myself because beer is arguably unnecessary. I mean, I think it's very I necessary, disagree. right? But a very, a very cogent argument could be made, and your employer would make this argument actually that <laughs> beer is unnecessary. And we are using a lot of resources to make beer and, um, you know, land and energy. It's very energy intensive to boil hundreds of gallons of water for an hour. I mean, that's that's a lot of energy. So, you know, is that sustainable as, you know, if the human population keeps booming like it is? I don't know. <laughs> that's, uh, But, you know, if we want to 
Well, seeing Hide how the our future heads is going, we might not have as many of us as we do now. But anyway. Right. <laughs> yes. On that positive note. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's switch to a funny story. Then. I really didn't mean for it to turn that way. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, that's a, it's a big question, though. I mean, really, you know, that's when you talk about organic farming, it's more than just about flavor and even health. It's about sustainability, sustainability and feeding seven and a half billion people. And I mean, the argument can, I mean, not argument, but the discussion can go in so many directions because mm-hmm. I mean, how much food do we throw away on mm-hmm. the planet every year instead of feeding some people? And yet every year we farm more acreage. We cut down more forests, even though we're throwing away all this other food. So we're destroying our environment and throwing away the stuff we're making. It's completely bizarre. Really. If aliens are watching us, they're just chuckling like the sitcom. <laughs> ah, the conundrum. Well, if they got here, they're much more advanced than we are, so That's right. they've been laughing at us for a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Either of you guys have a funny story for us? Funny nice. story. I got one. Can I think of a funnier story? No, because this is, this is a beer story. Okay, well, that's so perfect. Yes, yeah, so that's good. So one of the things I love about brew pub brewing as opposed to working at a pure production facility is that you get to meet the customers and interact with the customers and are you sure about that no yeah oh that, that is that is fun i can be a misanthrope but it's it is fun to to meet the people and talk with them about beer because if they're coming to a brew pub they're generally disposed to liking beer right and if you talk if they, they get to meet the brewmaster and talk about beer they they think that's a really fun experience they really mm. dig it and as you guys have noticed i can talk so um <laughs> especially about beer and I can get distracted by customers and talk about beer. And so this was, some brew pubs are set up in dangerous ways so that the brewing equipment is too open to where the people are. And at a place I used to work, that was the case. And I was upstairs doing some work and moving beer from one tank to another. And then I, it was a terrible working environment for the brewer because you had to run up and down the stairs like 45 times a day or more. And so I went downstairs to turn a pump off and on my way back up, some customers asked me some questions and I'm happy to answer their questions. Mm -hmm. And so I'm answering their questions and you know, the next thing you know, like a half hour goes by and I go back upstairs and as I'm going back upstairs, Mayor Jennings, he was the mayor of Albany at the time and a bunch of, people in expensive suits are walking in with him and I just going upstairs I just made a note oh a mayor's here and I start doing my work again and I look at what I'm doing it's like okay what did I do I moved beer from that tank to that tank okay and the beer has moved and so now I have to start cleaning up clean the tank and I start taking the hose off the tank and I really wasn't thinking enough because I had been so distracted for so long I forgot where I was and the the valve on the tank that received the beer was still open on the bottom of the tank. So as I took the hose off the other tank and there was no valve on my end, I just hear a rush of gas. I was like, oh, no. I put my hand over it, which was, of course, a completely futile (laughs) attempt at what you know is coming. And then, appropriate for St. Patrick's Day, it was stout. (laughs) starts gushing all over the place and now i'm upstairs over the bar and beer is spraying out from the gap between my hand and the hose and understand i don't i'm guessing you guys don't routinely bathe in beer not particularly 
It's acidic. <laughs> Not since college. Anyway. It's it's acidic and it burns the heck out of your eyes. Like mm. I mean, big time. Like you can't see when beer gets in your eyes, you're blind. You're like ah. So <laughs> I've got beer all over me. I can't see what I'm doing. I've got my hand over this, and I know if I can't go down a ladder to the little because it's like four feet below me to the other tank. So I've got to go around the corner, down a ladder, get under the tank, and turn that valve off before the whole tank is empty. <laughs> and and the only thing I can figure out doing, because nobody's coming up to help me, nobody knows what's going on, they just know beer is flying all over the place, <laughs> I shove the hose between a couple of pipes to hold it in place so it doesn't whip around, jump around, down the ladder, go under the tank, hit the valve, and I just stayed on the ground under the tank for what seemed like a long time but it was probably only 30 seconds listening to the beer dripping all around me <laughs> and then when i finally got brave enough to pick my head up and i looked over the rail downstairs to see what was going on where the customers are i see the owner handing money to all the people <laughs> in the clothes that got showered by stout because of course it's got to be a dark beer oh, no. yeah of course and mayor jennings in his expensive Italian suit, had, of course, ducked away quickly, Thankfully. but some of his friends did not. <laughs> and so their suits got kind of stained. And um, and somehow you were allowed to open up a restaurant in Albany. Yeah, well, because it's a different administration now. True, that's yeah. true. Yeah, Jennings didn't come in much after that. He's not really a beer drinker either. Hmm. Yeah, he, he, never, he never came in and had beer. He's, I wonder if Sheehan's a beer drinker. Once in a while she comes in and has a beer. She comes into Druthers with some frequency, but she doesn't drink beer all that much, but she does once in a while. Very good. So, yeah. So that's my funny story. Was that good enough? Yes. I, I like the other one with the first president. It's, it's, it is more relevant. Well, as, as you come on more, you're going to have to keep digging deeper. You know? I know. Well, <laughs> Or go find a new one. You well, know. you know, the, the thing is, we don't want that many funny stories coming out of the brewery, do we? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But they don't have to all end in beer flying all over the place. <laughs> that's, yeah, they pretty much do, though. That's, that's well, the problem. True. <laughs> that's, yep. All right, Kevin, you got anything? Uh, mine, the one I thought of was actually very similar to George's. Um, I And you guys complain about losing head beer with waitresses. Here you <laughs> are, right. throwing beer all over the place. I yeah. can tell you that, you know, every place that I've gone to and any time I've ordered beer, they, they dump off the foam, they fill it up all the way. And then dump more out. And, yeah. and then they dump more out again, and then I get this beer that's filled to the brim, and there's like a little bit of foam on top, and I'm afraid, like, I can't even pick the beer right. up. Because I need to take the first sip before I can pick it up, right. or else I'm going to spill yeah. it all over And they myself. think they're doing you a favor by doing that. It's like, yeah. I can't even carry my beer away. What am I supposed to do with this? You take a sip, and then you pick it up. You take the biggest <laughs> sip you can take, and then you pick you it up them. and bring it to wherever it is you're sitting. Yeah, especially if you're carrying more than one for someone right. else. Right, true. Yeah. Most of the time, I'm carrying two. <laughs> right then. So uh, um, we have, or every brewery, most breweries, have a, um, a bright tank, and... Filled the bright tank up, so a bright tank is where the beer is getting carbonated. Um, and this particular time, uh, I was getting ready to actually start kegging and hooking up the keg uh, line to the to the bright tank, and which means that this beer is pressurized at about 14, 15 psi. Reaching underneath to switch out the clamp to the hose, and I'm down there on my hands and knees. It's, it's pretty low, so I'm trying to get underneath it. I was able to get underneath and undo the tri clamp for it but actually what i pulled was the wrong tri clamp off so i had a solid 
stream, inch and a half stream of 15 PSI beer shot <laughs> right in my chest. God. <laughs> Until I, it took me about a, a couple seconds to figure out what actually happened. And then just had to, again, use the hand technique and cover <laughs> it up. So just drenched in beer. Um, that was not a stout, though. Um, <laughs> at least it comes it's, out. That's yeah. right. It came. I love it that came out. The technique. But yeah, the hand and then the hand sit there. Doesn't work that well. It doesn't work that well. It doesn't work that well. So then well. I try to figure out how to just slide. You know, you have to kind of figure out the right system and slide it over, and then try to get it clamped as right away as possible. And it, it took a couple tries and a couple more showers, but I eventually <laughs> got the it. easiest way is to open the valve. You, if the valve is closed and you're trying to put it over because you think I'm going to stop the flow of yeah. beer, it's that doesn't work negative. because the beer just yeah. sprays sideways and you can't get the gasket to seep. Got to get the flow. So if you open the valve and then try to put it on, the beer will keep flowing into your face, <laughs> but you can get it on, clamp it, and then close yeah. the valve. That's that's yep. the secret. Just in case anyone listening finds themselves finds them, with exactly. beer flying at their face. That's yeah, right. <laughs> and it's counterintuitive. You don't mm -hmm. want to have an open valve right. going on, and you have to like put up with getting beer in your face still. So, oh don't have much gosh. of a choice. Yeah. Well, on that note, happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Happy, happy St. Patrick's. Patrick's Day. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. That was Kevin Mullen of Rare Form Brewing Company in Troy, New York, and George DePiro of Druthers Brewing in Saratoga Springs and Albany, New York. This has been Food Friday Leftovers. I'm Ashley Kinsey. And I'm Dave Hopper. Be sure to check out Vox Pop Food Friday every Friday at 2 p.m. on WAMC Northeast Public Radio. Our producer is Jessica Blaustein Marshall. Our theme is Beach Disco by Dougie Wood. Food Friday Leftovers is a production of WAMC Northeast Public Radio. And tune in next week to see what else we find in the fridge. 